Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Praise God. Let's all stand. I'm excited for what what the worship service did today and ushered in the presence of God and just so powerful and mighty and on time. And I'm I'm now I'm so excited for the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Once you welcome your associate pastor up here, Brother Mattman, as he comes. Praise God. Amen. Come on, give that to Jesus. Amen. Come on, give it to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. The men and I were joking earlier. You know, I told him, uh, I'm not even here right now. I, um, I'm, I'm still back at home, and I don't know what I'm doing there, but I'm not here. I told, uh, I told the Lord this morning and, and this week, you know, I'm just going to let him do his thing. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn this, this service over to him Amen. and let him do his thing. We, we broke ground today in the praise and worship. We had a fantastically intimate moment in uh, Bible study today. If you missed it, you might listen to it on the podcast. I'm sorry. It won't do justice to what we could feel in, to, in this sanctuary as pastor led a panel of individuals um, who have powerful testimonies when it comes to giving to the Lord. And it was uh, just fantastic. And I appreciate a pastor who's willing to do something a little bit different. Amen. To, to get the point across that when we give to God, we are a blessed people. We are a truly blessed people. And I feel that right now. Can we just lift our hands and begin to worship? Come on, just begin to minister unto our God. Come on, no, no petitions right now. Just praise. Don't, don't ask him for anything. Just, just worship him. Jesus. Father, we love you. You've been so present in our lives, God. You've been the only constant in our lives, God. When all hell comes against us, Lord, you, you move in and you, you make a way where there seems to be none. You are Jehovah Jireh, Jesus. You provide for us, oh Lord. You've gifted us so many things, God. This, this praise, this lip service that we give you right now, is not, it's not even doing justice to what you really are deserving of. But God, we want to give you what we can, Lord. And, and, and out of our abundance, Lord, uh, we stand here before you, Jesus, to worship you. Out of our sincere desire to see to it, Lord, that you be glorified, that you be magnified. God, we want to lift you up in this place. We want to lift you up with our hands. We want to lift you up with our voice. We want to lift you up with our bodies, with everything, every fiber of our being. We want you to be glorified today in here, God. We want you to be known, to be known, not us, God. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about my needs, God, but it's about you. It's all about you. It's always been about you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, we, we sang a lot about, 
Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Amen. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? We use that name. You can be seated. We use that name like it's a token. Right. And we sing and we, but we really only use it to, to ask for things. If we truly understood the power and the magnitude of the name of Jesus. Yes. You see, there's such thing, and, and, and we've, we've preached on this before, and we've taught about this before. There's a such thing where in the Old Testament, they only addressed God by four consonants. And in fact, they didn't even say the name. They, they never said the name because they, they considered it to be too holy to utter. So they only, they only addressed him and approached him with four consonants. yud heh vah Yahweh. They never uttered his name. Even today, some Jews still can't even bring themselves to say God, G-O-D, capital G-O-D. If you've ever seen it written, the way they write it is capital G hyphen D. Because they, they consider the name, they consider the, the, the just being able to approach God, to address God, it's, it's just... To address him too commonly is not what we need to be doing. We, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be calling him, you know, this is my wife, this is Hannah. That's, it's too familiar. They don't even utter his name. I've never been to Jerusalem, but I, I want to go one day. But we know that in Jerusalem they have the, the wailing wall where people come and they, they, they pray at the wall and they, they leave little notes for God and they put them in the in this wall, and, and to, if I could just be honest, I, I haven't done a study on the wall, but when I watch videos, all I can think of was that, you know, if we're not careful, the wall can become the idol. Yes. Yes. And we miss the whole point. Absolutely. Because we've been blessed with the name right. that is above every name. Right. We've been blessed with the name that is above every name. That's why when they stand there, this, 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 is how, this is how powerful this is. When they stand there at the wall, they're in constant motion. You see them, they're moving like this, moving their feet. There's a reason for that. The reason is because as they pray, they feel that, they, and, and, and this is true, we invite God into that space that we're standing in. We invite him into that space. Therefore, we're, not, we're no longer holy enough, worthy enough to stand in that spot. And so we move around. They move around. Everywhere the name is called, they move around because it's become holy ground. But we, we get to speak the name. We get to say in Jesus' name. Think about that for a minute. We get to profess a name that is, it's higher than us. That's right. That's right. It's above us. It's beyond our comprehension. It's more than just a token, church. It's more than just a token. It is a, I can't even describe it. It's indescribable. That's right. But this is the name that we have been given. This is the name that we've been given. Somebody ought to worship him. Somebody ought to thank him for that name. Somebody ought to, somebody ought to call that name. Somebody ought to begin to just declare that name. Come on. Jesus name. Hallelujah. Jesus over my problems. Jesus over my family. Jesus over every need. Jesus over every part of me. Jesus over my circumstance. Jesus over my finances. Jesus over my children. Jesus over my job. Jesus over my church. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
The name is powerful. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to speak today and preach today on a word I feel the Lord has given me, the necessities of life. And I know as I say it, some of you probably thought of old blue. It's the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Amen. So now that's out the way. <laughs> Come on, it's the, we're going to talk about the necessities of life. This phrase of life appears over 250 times in the Bible. And I truly believe it's because God is about life. He's about life and life more abundantly. You don't have life except if your life be hid in the life that he wants for you. There are some who profess to be what they call pro-life, and we all know what that means and what that refers to. But really, if I could just be honest, people who profess to be pro-life are truly not pro-life if they're not for the life that Christ has for them. Because to truly be pro-life means that God, whatever comes, whatever you want for my life, that's what I want in my life. Whatever you desire for my life, that's what I want for my life. If, if you're going to be pro-life today, be pro-life of what Jesus wants for your life. There are those in the world who would profess and, and, and claim that they can, they can live the life that they want to live and still be a Christian. I'm talking about this with my brother the other day. They can still profess to be Christian. They've lost sight of what the word even means. But see, he tells us to take up our cross daily and follow after him. Nobody in this church is perfect. Nobody in this church is perfect. And I would be lying up here if I, if I would stand up here lying to you if I said to you, yeah, you can, you can still be, accomplish all that God wants you to do. Nobody's perfect. But daily we're walking. We're walking to, towards perfection. We're walking towards perfection that he might be able to change our lives. You can't, you can't live the life according to culture and say, yeah, yeah, I'm still a Christian. You can't live the life according to what this world declares as life. You've, you, you, you live in your best life, as they say. You can't live the life of the world and still say that you're a Christian. It requires you to change. It requires you to be different. It requires you to be a new creation. People say, yeah, I can still drink and I can smoke and I can, I can go and party hardy and still show up to church the next day and just be a Christian. No, 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 no. You are the furthest thing from it. Now, see, I know that. I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm among people of like-minded faith, so I know that, that y'all agree with me, but I know that there are those in the world who, who they, they, what I'm saying, they don't understand. What you mean, I can't, I can't have a little fun? Yeah, you can have fun. But does your fun mean that you have now stepped outside of what God has wanted for your life? Are you truly pro-life? I'm pro-life today. I'm pro-life, the life that Christ wants for me. I'm pro-life today because the reality is there are some things in this life that we can live without. I'm going to pick on my son a little bit. We can live without Nintendo with OLED screen. <laughs> the look of shame, is he? We can live without Nintendo. He doesn't, he doesn't believe it yet, but he'll, maybe he'll get there. He's still maturing. I didn't buy it for him. Grandma's bought, bought it for him. Bless God for Grandma. But we can, live, we can live without these things. We can live without our cell phones. Yeah. Brother Stephen, he's proven that. Yeah. Come on, I, I expected a big old amen from you. Amen. amen. We can live without our cell phones. 
We can live without these things that, that really and truly are idols, if you want to you, you know the truth. Look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 18 through 19. It says, What profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it? He molten image and a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols. Woe unto him that said to the wood, Awake. To the dumb stone arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. These are idols. The prophet warning the people, don't speak to your idol and say, arise and live. There is no breath in your idol. Let me put it like this. There are some other things we can live without. We can live without stress. How many of us have made stress an idol in our lives? So much so that we need treatment, pharmaceutical regimens to, to heal us of our stress. We can live without stress. We can live without depression. I know you can't fathom it. You can't imagine what life would be like if God just totally did a number on your mind and said, you know what? You are free indeed in Jesus' name. I know you can't imagine what God would do if he just said, you know what? I'm going to take you, take this anxiety away from you. I'm going to take this depression away from you. I'm going to heal your body totally and completely. We can't imagine life without it. But Pastor, you don't understand. I've lived, I've lived so long with this, this, this ailment. My Zoloft, I, there's no way. My insurance covers it 100%. There's no way I can live without this. I'm telling you, you can. I'm declaring you can. In Jesus' name. I'm declaring you can. In Jesus' name. The truth is, God is about life and life more abundantly. He wants to give you life today. This phrase of life appears over 200, as I said, 250 times in the Bible. As we talk about things that we can live without, there are some things that we can't live without. Literally cannot live without them. And the first one is the breath of life. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. First and foremost, take note that it is he who formed us. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. <That's> right. <laughs> Psalm 103. No. Everybody say no. no. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and a sheep of his pasture. Anybody who tells you to your face that they're self-made right. is either a liar an ignoramus, or both. God, you didn't make yourself. That, 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 those funds you have, you didn't, you didn't make that. You didn't make it possible for you to, to be able to, to grow your, 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 your dough, your dinero. You didn't do that. God did that. He made you. He made you. Psalms 139, 14 through 15. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. Marvelous are thy works. I believe the psalmist here, standing in the mirror, looking at himself, going, my God. God did such a marvelous job. And that's not to boast. 
That's an honor and reverence. My God, you did a marvelous work. Look at what you've done to my life. Look at how you've changed my life. Look at how you've kept me despite what life has dealt me. Look at how you've healed my body. God, I should be dead in the grave. But, Lord, you've healed me totally and completely. I had one limb, but you gave me another one. God, I don't understand it. Marvelous are thy works. Marvelous are thy works. Continuing on, then, that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. The marvelous works is you. It's you. And you know what? The Hebrew word here for knoweth is yada. And it means to discriminate and distinguish. So in other words, if I could read the scripture like this, the psalmist is declaring, I will praise thee because I am fearful and wonderfully made. Therefore, I will discriminate against any idea that tells me something differently. My soul knoweth right well. I discriminate against the lies of the enemy. I discriminate against the lie that says I'm good for nothing. I discriminate against the lie that says my past is too tainted for God to use me. I discriminate against the lie that says I'm not healed. I discriminate against the lie that says I'll never be anything. I discriminate against the lie that says I'm just another broken vessel. Can't be used for the kingdom of God. Come on, my soul knoweth right well. I discriminate against the lies of the, the accuser of the brethren. I will discriminate against any idea that suggests that I can't be used of God. My soul knoweth right well. Psalm 139, 14 through 15. Well, we just read that. Isaiah 64, 8. But now. Everybody say, but now. But now, O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay. And thou our potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. This but now implies a contrast has been made. So we've got to read the scriptures above it to understand what led up to this, this but now. This, this break in the scripture that says, just wait a second. Just wait a second. You see, this is what we used to be, but now. This is how it used to be. This is how we used to interact with God, but now. Oh, man. Pastor, I don't know. I'm not getting no help today. <laughs> but now, Jesus, Isaiah 64, 4 through, 8, 4 through 8, let's read it. It says, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you. What kind of God is this? It's a God who acts for the one who waits for him. Amen. A God who acts on the one who waits for him. Yes. Yes. When we wait, he acts. Likewise, when we act, he waits. If you want God to act on your behalf, stop playing around. Stop stop getting in the business. Let him do what he does. When we wait, he acts. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He wants to do something marvelous in your life. Just wait. He's going to act. Don't get ahead of the blessing. 
so many move, as the old, so old song says, so many move before they get their blessing. That's why I'm taking time. I am confessing. Just wait on the Lord, I say. Wait on the Lord. He's a God who acts for the one who waits for him. Verse 5, you meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. But we in our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. And there is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us because of our iniquities. Verse 9, but, sorry, verse 8, but now. Did you notice the change in interaction? He has once hidden his face from us. He had consumed us because of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our father. That's personal. We are the clay and you are a potter. That's intimate. Come on. And we all are the work of your hand. You wouldn't be here if he didn't form you. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have the breath of life if he didn't form you. And if he doesn't form you, you won't be over there either. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come on. If he can't shape your life on this earth right here, right now, you won't be over there in glory. I promise I'm not frustrated. I'm just enamored. I'm just wowed at how God works because if we don't let him work here, we can't expect to be over there. If we don't let him form us and shape us and mold us, we are the clay. He is the potter. If we don't let his hands get in and begin to, to begin to shape us and mold us for his glory, we won't be over there in glory. But we got to let him do his work. We've got to let him do his work. His breath is in our lungs. I'm talking about the necessity of life. His breath is in our lungs. Genesis 2, 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into us, into our nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Anytime you read about the breath of God, it links God with humanity. As I said it, we don't deserve to speak his name, to utter his name. We don't deserve to be in his presence. That's why every time they're at the wailing wall, they're moving around and they're moving. They're trying to dodge the judgment that they believe would come on them just from speaking the name of God. We don't deserve it, but he breathed into us. Everybody do this. Take a deep breath. Hold it. Don't let it go. Now, if you've got heart problems, you need to go ahead and breathe. Go ahead, let it out. (laughs) But when you hold that breath, understand this. That's what it feels like to be void of the breath of God. (laughs) That's what it feels like to be void of the spirit of God. When you hold it. My God. Jesus. Understand it's the breath of God that is in your lungs. It's the breath of God that is in your lungs. He is the very reason why you are alive in this place, breathing today. And I know some of you don't get it. Some of you are saying, well, no, no, I can. It's involuntary. Yes, it's involuntary because he made it so. 
It's his breath in our lungs. We don't deserve. We don't deserve to breathe the breath that we breathe. But every time, every time you take a breath, you need to thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's another one. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't deserve it, God, but you give it anyway. I don't deserve to breathe, God. I don't deserve to be alive, but you bless me anyway. That's why the psalmist said, let me go here. The psalmist said, hallelujah. Where is it? Mm, Let me find it. Hold on. I'm going to find it. My God. Thank you, Jesus. My God. That's why he said, you know what? I'm just going to tell you what he said. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Because when I think about the blessings of God, when I think about the fact that I don't deserve to breathe, I've got to let the praises out. Hallelujah. From my breath comes my praise, and it's not my breath. It's his breath. I've just got to thank my God. Jesus. I've just got to thank my God. He cut Tayyarobosaya. 2011 was a was a rough year, and maybe I've shared this before, but I'm gonna share it again. It was a rough year for me uh, and for my wife as well. We were with child, and. Uh, what was it about second trimester? Still the first, it was the end of the first trimester. We're getting ready to go into the second trimester. We were sitting in the doctor's office. And uh, I remember them doing the, you know, the sonogram, the thing and stuff, and taking a picture of the, the baby growing. And something in me just knew, I just knew something wasn't right. And I don't know, maybe my wife felt it too. But it was the way the the doctor was, she was unremarkable. She had nothing to say. She's just sort of going through the motions, you know, the gel and the squishy sounds. Pastor, you might have to edit that out. But she's she's going through the motions. She's taking the pictures. And what we expect to see was at least some flutters. It's the hands and the, or the heartbeat beats, but there was nothing there. And so she, she stopped with her assessment and she took her instrument and she laid it down. And she said, just like she had delivered it to the 1000th the patient, like it was nothing. Well, what I see here, I don't see that the baby is, 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 uh, is alive. And I remember the, the confusion that welled up inside of me. And I, I, didn't, I didn't believe it. I said, hmm. My spirit just sort of just got checked. I was like, no. He's alive. And I'm already thinking it's a boy, right? It's going to be my first child. He's alive. Yeah, she, something's wrong with the instrument. Got to be. But she told us, she said, you know, what, what hurt me the most was knowing that my wife had been walking around. If I could just be 
blunt with a dead baby in her body. That hurt me. I wasn't even carrying the thing. But that hurt me. And I wanted to fight for you. Because I said, I don't understand this. I don't understand how, how this could happen. This was supposed to be the year. I'm, I'm graduating from pharmacy school. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be entering into this, into this job. It, it's going to be great. My, my finances are getting ready to quadruple. Like, I'm going to be good. I don't understand what's happening. And she said, just, just go home. I don't know why I'm telling this story. I told you, I'm just going to let God do what he wants to do. I told, she, she said, the doctor said to us, just go home and in a couple days, the body will do the natural thing that it does. And boy, did it ever. I'll never forget the day. And barring any type of vulgarities, I will, I'll keep it rated G. But where the fetus ended up was in the toilet. As a matted up ball, like a blood clot. And I remember standing in my kitchen, those yellow countertops, those hideous yellow countertops. We were renting, it wasn't our house. And I began to weep and I began to cry. I know maybe there's somebody here who's lost, who's, who's had a miscarriage before. I know, I know we're not special in this, Pastor. We're, there are others who've had the same experience. But I remember God asking me, do you trust me? And I said, no. No, I don't. I don't understand. You're supposed to be the God of life. You're supposed to be able to breathe life into things. Can't you have, couldn't you have allowed this to, to happen? Why is this happening to me? How many have ever asked God that? And then he says something like this. Well, if only you knew the deformities and the diseases that were the potential. Only I know. Only you see. Only he knows the end of a thing. If only you could know the end of the thing, you would end it as well. And I struggled for a very long time to understand that. Amen. But I can stand here today and still declare and tell you that my God is about life. He's about life. Job said in Job 27, three through four, all the while my breath is in me, as long as life is in me, and the spirit of God is in my nostrils. My lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. Why? Because his spirit, his breath is in me. Amen. When I speak, what I speak has the ability to bring life and death. Because it's his spirit in me. We have no life without his breath. We have no life without his breath. The act of breathing alone is a miracle. The fact that it's involuntary is a miracle. 
We have no life without his breath. Likewise, we have no life without his strength. The second necessity of life is his strength, the strength of life. Psalm 27, 1 through 6, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. He is my strength and the strength of my life. I, I imagine, David, I'm not going to finish this. I feel like God is, is talking to somebody. And in fact, Pastor, I don't even know how much time I have left. But I imagine David standing in the battlefield, surrounded by enemies on every side, understanding what he has done and, and the fact that he's waiting he's waiting on this promise that God has given him that he shall be the next king but there is one king in particular who is after him because this king Saul is jealous of his his anointing jealous of his his favor with God I imagine David standing there in the battlefield and he he, he speaks this word the Bible says that he spoke these words to God but you see, even the king of your enemies can't overcome and overpower the king of kings. Even the king of your enemies cannot overpower the king of kings. He says, no matter how hard they tried, no matter how hard my enemies tried to take me down, no matter how hard they tried to, to end my life and to destroy my life, they shall not and could not prevail. Why? Not because of my strength, not because of my, my military might and my military power, but because of his strength. It acts as a barrier to your enemies. They can't consume you. They can't control you. Psalm 18 and 1 to the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love the Lord. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. You see, I need his strength when the chains of death are, are wrapped around me. I need his strength when I'm, when I'm terrified and I'm, I'm, I'm troubled yes. and surrounded on, on every side. I, I need his strength to, to break every chain of hell. I need his strength in my distress. I need his strength and I will call upon the name of the Lord and he will hear my call. We sang about calling on that name today. And I feel that right now. Somebody, somebody wants to speak his name. I want you to know you've got permission right here in this moment to just declare his name. You've got permission right here in this moment to speak his name, to utter that name that is above every name. I will call on the name of the Lord for he is my strength. He is my shield and my buckler. He is, he is, he is my strength. He surrounds me. Hallelujah. When the enemy wants to, wants to consume me, he surrounds me. His strength keeps them back. He surrounds me when I can't stand anymore. He surrounds me when I don't know where else to turn. He surrounds me when I'm weak, when I'm weary, when I'm troubled. Hallelujah. I need his strength. I need his strength. The strength of life. I need his strength for my mind. 
Hallelujah. Come on, church, press in. Come on. I'm not in any hurry. I'm not in any hurry. We can have an altar call right now. I'm done. I, I can be done. Amen. Come on, if you press in. Come on. I said it earlier. I don't think I, I don't think this is a service of petition. I think this is a service of praise. Come on, come on. Would you praise him right now? Come on. He's given you the breath in your lungs to praise him. He's reminded you right now of all the times he's been your strength. He's reminded you of the times he's he's held you when nobody else would. He's he, he's wrapped his arms around you when nobody else would. He's brought you into the fold of his tents when nobody else would. Come on, entertain his presence, entertain his spirit. Come on, church, pray, pray. Hallelujah. Come on, those who know a thing or two. The only petition I have is God, rid us, heal us of our amnesia. Come on, that's the only prayer I've got. That's the only petition. Everything else is praise. Everything else is worship. Everything else is thanksgiving. Everything else is glory to your name. Everything else is to, to understand and to magnify you as the King of kings, as the Lord of lords, as the God sovereign, as the one who was and is to come, as the rock of Gibraltar. Hallelujah. He is my king. He is the one that I need. He is the one that I lean on. He is the one that I can trust in. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Come on, it's a service of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Use your lips. Use your hands. Hallelujah. Whew. Let me say this. Let me say this. Hallelujah. 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 The Old Testament constantly talking about idols. <laughs> Understand that the position of deity is to be still. <laughs> That's why they were so enamored, so enamored with making and creating graven images because deity doesn't move according to their belief. Deity doesn't move. But see, the Lord was teaching them that at times deity will move as he moved over the face of the waters and began to form and create the universe. We can feel him now in this presence, in this, in this church beginning to move. He's moving even right now. But what's more important than that is your posture. If the posture of deity is to be still, then the posture of the creation is to worship. It's movement. Our posture is movement. Come on, we move. We can't sit still. We're not God. We're not God. I wish I had this five people right here right now. Come on. Sister, you know, you know what God has done for you. You know what God has done for you. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Brother, you know what God has done for you. Come on, why don't you move? Why don't you move? Come on, you know what God has done for you. Why don't you move? Hallelujah, you're not God. Come on, you know what God has done for you. You know what God has done for you. 
Come on, you're not God. You can't sit still. You don't deserve to sit still. Your whole body should be moving around. When you begin to think about the goodness of Jesus, when you begin to think about how much he's done for you, I can't help but move. Come on, worship him. Worship him. You see, too often in church, we expect the pastor, we expect the man of God to take us here, and then we begin to decline. But I'm challenging you today, each and every one of you, come on, the onus is on you. You move. You move. You move. It's up to you to entertain the presence of God. It's up to you to entertain the spirit as it moves through this place. Hallelujah. I didn't even get halfway through. I've got more, but I feel like God wants to operate in this right here, right now. Come on. It's not so much about what I've got to say and what I want to preach, but it's about you moving and posturing yourself to praise him. Would you move today? Would you move today? Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you. <laughs> Woo, God, you're awesome. <laughs> Come on, if you don't know how to worship, if you don't know how to praise, you might as well get, get the practice in right now because this is what eternity is going to be like. It's going to be constant motion. That's why the angels cry to and fro, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. Come on, they're constantly moving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're moving. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. God, you're awesome. Come on, no petitions. I want no petitions. Just praise. Come on, if you've got a praise on your lips, would you come? If you've got a praise on your lips, worship right where you are. But I want you moving. God wants you moving. He wants you to praise him. He wants you to honor him. He wants you to lift up his name. Hallelujah. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, you're worthy. Hallelujah. God, you deserve the glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. You deserve the honor, God. Hallelujah. You deserve, hallelujah, this praise that we have to give. You are so worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. We are we are of unclean lips, Lord. Hallelujah. We are of unclean lips, Lord. But yet you still, you still give us the breath of life. You still give us the ability to worship. You give us the ability to praise. Hallelujah. 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 Holy, holy, holy is your name, Lord. Woo! Holy, holy, holy is your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, God. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Hey, hallelujah. Oh, we are undone. We are undone, Lord. We don't deserve to be in your presence, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you are uncomfortable with public praise and worship. That's okay. I want you to imagine that you're in your own closet. You're in your own prayer closet. We're just you and Jesus meet up together. You and Jesus. Hey, man, he invites you into his tent. He invites you to sup with him. And you and him are there. And you're, you're, you're just in awe. You're... <laughs> You're just in awe of what he's done for you. He's reminding you of everything that he's done for you. Come on, would you begin to worship him? Begin to praise him. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, the word says, Hallelujah unto us. A child is born unto us. A son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of his, hallelujah, of his kingdom there should be no end. If there is no end to his kingdom, there should be no end to our worship. Come on, if there is no end to his kingdom, there should be no end to our worship. And I've got news for you. There won't be. <laughs> All eternity, brother. All eternity. <sighs> Come on, church, pray. Just praise him. You don't need nothing. You don't need nothing. Hear me. You don't need nothing. Praise him. Worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part.